Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Good morning. I got to tell you, this granddad gig is pretty cool. If there was a way I could have done that without having kiddos, all right. I think that's why God made it to where you had to have kids first. I'm just saying. <laughs> when Pastor Don asked me to pray for families, uh, I was like, man, yeah, let's do this. Uh, and I've been married for going on 27 years to my wonderful wife. We have three kids, a grandbaby. Have you got that picture? You're dismissed. Hey, I just made every grandparent in here mad because as a grandparent, it's our goal to show as many pictures as we can of our grandbabies. I just won. Uh, That bad boy's on the internet. It's going worldwide. (laughs) But families come in many shapes and sizes. They look different. There was a season in our family where it was just my wife and I. And then obviously as, as kids came into the picture and, and in-laws and outlaws and grandkids and all of that good stuff, it changed. It looks different now. There may be some folks who are in a, even another season of life. Huh. My heart is particularly drawn today to a couple of people who, who their spouse stepped into heaven. Family looks different for them. I would say this, no matter what season you're in, Psalm 68, six says that, that God places the lonely in families. And that word lonely just simply means, man, maybe right here in your immediate proximity, uh, maybe a spouse stepped into heaven, maybe a child did, you still have family. If you call God your father, then every single person that calls God their father is your brother and your sister. They're your family. So while I may preach today from a flavor of being a father and a grandfather, please understand and appreciate that everything we talk about today is for you. No matter what season of life you're in, no matter what family looks like, you can pray for your family. And I would say your family needs your prayers, including your brothers and sisters sitting across the aisle from you. Mm. Man, I gotta tell you, that's kind of a big deal to see my grandson be dedicated. Then I'm in here with <laughs> Tyler and Caitlin. <laughs> and they're a precious one. Lots of prayer went into that one. Lots of prayer went into that one. Thank y'all for those of you that prayed, by the way. Uh, what I want to do, I first want to give you some qualifiers to pray. I think that sometimes... We get all messed up in our head and we allow the enemy to talk us into this place where we think we're not qualified to pray. Uh, it's funny. You know, when I remember before I became a pastor on staff here, I'd go out to lunch with Pastor Don and it's like I'd immediately look to him. If, oh, you're going to bless us, right? I mean, you're the, you're the paid professional, right? You know, you, I mean, <laughs> I can't bless it. I'm sitting with you. And... There's something about that. And, and when I meet with people now, sometimes that's what I get is they're like, oh, no, 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 I need you to pray for that. I'm like, man, I'm just a dude. Now, yes, Pastor Don prays at the next level. But 
Everybody else is good too. You can pray too. So I want to give you some qualifiers to debunk some lies that the enemy may be telling you about prayer. Okay, we're going to debunk those, get that settled today. And with these three qualifiers in place, then your prayer is powerful, your prayer is effective, and it impacts the lives of your families. And the very first one that we're going to look at is that God has to be your father. God must be your father. Uh, Matthew 6, 6, this is called the Sermon on the Mount. This is the, the most famous recorded sermon in the Bible. It's Jesus. He's talking to a whole bunch of folks. And he says, but when you pray, notice that he says when you pray. He didn't say if you pray. If you are a believer and God is your father, then you pray. It's part of the relationship process with the father. He doesn't say if you pray. Truth be told that because of what Jesus did, we get to pray. We get to step into the throne room of the most high God, look him in the eye and go, daddy, here I am. It's a privilege. But he's got to be your father. Then it goes on to say, close the door, pray to your father who is unseen, then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. All that's about relationship. If he's your father, that's the first step. You've got that out of the way. If not then we're gonna give you an opportunity today at the end of the service to make God your father. We had six first service, by the way, and became part of the family of God. Yeah, come on, y'all did that. And here's why it's important for him to be your father. I'm a dad, y'all know that. My kids, when they need something, they don't go three doors down to Susie's dad. They don't go knock on Susie's dad's door and go, hey, Susie's dad, My car's broke down, can you take a look at it? Hey Susie's dad, we need groceries. No, 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 why? Because that's Susie's dad's job to take care of Susie. It's my job to take care of my babies. That's my job. And not only is it my responsibility, but it's my privilege. Look, when my babies come to me, I'm not upset about it. I like it when they come to me and go, hey dad, can can you help with this? Man, I need some advice, I don't know what to do with this. It's my privilege, and God is the same way when he's your father. It's his privilege, and I dare say his responsibility to take care of you, and he wants to, and he provided a way. So God's gotta be your father. Number two, your heart has to be engaged. Your heart has to be engaged. James 5.16 says, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. In the original text, which would be Greek, because this is New Testament, where it says earnest prayer, that's actually one word. Uh, There's two primary words used in the Greek for the word prayer. This one for earnest prayer is this short little word, it's called desis. And it literally means from that place in you where you know that you know that you know that only God can do it. Your heart is connected. You're, you're in there. I mean, I remember one time when my daughter was just a little bitty girl and she'd been running fever for several days and man, we couldn't keep that thing down and we'd give her the medicine and it'd spike again. And man, my, my prayer to God, it was a decent prayer. I just hit my knees and was like, daddy, you help. You've got to do something. She needs your touch. And her fever broke. It wasn't some crazy long eloquent prayer. It was heartfelt and her fever broke. And then the other thing would be, number three, this one's kind of hard, I'm gonna tell you, this is probably the hardest part about prayer because our flesh gets in the way. And that's a willingness to surrender your wishes for his wishes. A willingness to surrender your wishes for his wishes. Uh, Look at Luke 22, 42. 
This is Jesus praying. He's, he knows the soldiers are coming. He knows that he's fixing to go to the cross. He knows this is gonna be a process that he probably won't enjoy in the natural. And he says, Father, if you're willing to take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. He said, man, my flesh really doesn't wanna walk through this, but that doesn't matter. This is about your will. I know that I need to, to take this off, hand it to you so that I can go pay the price to save humanity. He was willing to take on the Father's will. Now, here's the crazy thing. That other word in the Greek for prayer, we're gonna put it up on the screen because I couldn't say it if I had to. Pastor Karen probably can. I cannot. There you go, there it is. Uh, that's the other Greek word for prayer that we see. Uh, and all that stuff out beside it, I literally just copy and pasted. This is straight out of a, a biblical reference tool called the Strong's. This is the definition of that word. Properly to exchange wishes, literally to interact with the Lord. Notice that interact relationship with the Lord by switching human wishes for his wishes as he imparts faith. When Jesus went to him with that and said, Lord, not my will, but yours be done, then the Father infused him with faith to be able to step through the process and walk it out. If these three things aren't in place, I will tell you, you're just chunking empty words up into the air. You are literally wasting your time. You are wasting your breath. If God is not your Father, if you don't have a willingness to exchange your wishes for his wishes, and if your heart's not connected in it, you're just talking. So we want to get those three things in place. And once they are, man, your prayers are effective. They're as powerful as anybody else's on this planet. Um, I know that, let's see, did I put that? I did. Mm. Let me back up to number two. It talked about in James how it says that it's the prayer of a righteous person that accomplishes much. I've sat with a lot of people that thought that that was all about what they could do in and of themselves. Second Corinthians 5.21 says that God made him who knew no sin to be sin for you, that you might become the righteousness of God. That moment that God becomes your father, you obtained the righteousness of God. It doesn't get any more righteous than that. So your prayer is from a righteous person because God says so. And so it's powerful and effective. I needed to go back to that. Now I'm gonna give you three Ps to pray for your family. Now, now here's what I wanna tell you. This is more of an outline for prayer. I can't tell you the exact verbiage to use when you pray because you're you. You have a personality. Your relationship with the Lord looks different than mine. You don't talk like I do. I pray a specific way, and I use these three Ps to pray for my family, but there's a whole lot that can go in this outline that you can pray for your family. Um, I'll share real quickly. When I was probably about 25, uh, I got involved with a movement called Promise Keepers, and man, it was a powerful movement. Lots of dudes involved in it, and... The day before one of the meetings, uh, one of the, the heads came to me and said, hey, we want you to pray tomorrow. And man, I was mortified. I knew there'd be about 60 dudes in the room, all of them more mature in the faith than me. And so, so I wrote out this prayer. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, by the way, to help track. Heck, you see, I got notes up here. And I wrote out this prayer, but I'm not gonna lie. I tried to make it all 
not me. I went all King James in it, you know what I'm saying? It was these and thous and thuses and I mean, that is just not me. And so I get up and I'm praying, I'm trying to read this prayer and while I'm trying to read it, I'm having this dialogue with God because the Holy Spirit just kind of whispered to me and said, who are you? And I'm like, man, Lord, you know it's me. Come on, I'm trying to get to this prayer thing. And he goes, no, no, that's not you. That's not you. I know your voice. And so I put that prayer aside. I apologized to everybody in the room. I said, guys, I just got to tell you, that ain't me. I'm sorry. I pray real simple, and I need to be me when I pray. And so I prayed, and a handful of dudes came up afterwards and said, thank you. I've wrestled with that my whole life. Just be you. God knows who you are. He created you, and he loves to have conversation with you. So three Ps. The first one is God's plan. You want to pray out God's plan for your family. You want to pray out God's plan for your family. Jeremiah 29, 11, it's one of our founding scriptures. It's out there on the wall, the big curved wall. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Listen, he's got a plan. He's got a plan for you, and he knows what it is. Now, I can't tell you what those particulars are. I don't know if you're supposed to move to Oklahoma, first service, I said, I don't know if you're supposed to move to Louisiana. And then I said, I know you're not supposed to because ain't nobody supposed to move there. But I'm from there, so I can say that. I'm just saying, I can say that. But listen to the rest of this. I can tell you what is part of his plan for you. And so you can pray that for your family. It says, plans to prosper you and not harm you. It's not God's plan to harm you. His plan is to prosper you. Look, I'm just going to be bold enough to step out there and say, God likes showing off on his babies. I'm just saying, it's the truth. He's got no problem prospering you. If he can get it to you and through you, he'll keep getting it to you. It's just that simple. And plans to give you a hope and a future. So listen, let me tell you what that would look like since I don't know all the pieces. My son, uh, I have a son that is in the United States military. He's over in another country so that we could be here today. So while he's over there, I don't get to see him a lot, obviously, and I don't get to talk to him a lot. So one of the things that I pray every day for him is, Lord, I thank you that your plan for him is unfolding before him, and I thank you that in that plan, harm isn't going to overtake him. It ain't happening because your your plan isn't to harm him. I thank you that you're prospering him over there. I thank you that you're watching over him, and you're going to bring him home safe because that's your plan. See, that's how you pray out stuff that you see in the word for your family. Uh, Let's look at Psalm 112, one through four. This is great for parents with their kiddos. Maybe, I keep picking on little Johnny and I have no idea why, but maybe little Johnny, it looks like he's not living the way that he should. Psalms 112, one through four. Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands. Their children will be mighty in the land. If you're a believer and you got kiddos, That's for them. Your children will be mighty on the land. Not because I said so, but because God says so. The generation of the upright will be blessed. You can stand on that for them. That's part of his plan. Wealth and riches are in their houses and their righteousness endures forever. So looky there. Little Johnny doesn't look like he's moving right. You just stop and every morning and every afternoon and every evening you pray. Father, I thank you that your plan for him is that he is mighty upon this land and his righteousness endures forever in Jesus' name. And watch him begin to move back into the direction aiming towards the Lord. 
Uh, I put a scripture in here out of Matthew 19, five through six. I pray this one for my wife and I. Um, It's all about, Jesus is talking all about marriage and he says, hey, look, ultimately it is God's plan for a man and a woman to get married and for them to be one. I pray one over my wife and I every day. Father, I thank you that your plan for my wife and I is that we're one. We will not walk in disunity or discord. We will walk in unity because it's your plan and what you join together, nobody can separate, not even myself. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. That's how I pray that plan out over my family. Uh, John 17, nine through 11, I'm gonna bounce down towards the bottom of that. That's a passage of scripture where Jesus is, again, he's praying, he's gonna go to the cross. He knows it's coming. John 17, it's a powerful prayer. You should go home and study it. And this is the prayer that he prays for believers current and believers to come. And at the end of it, he says, so that they may be one as we are one. That's part of his plan, is oneness. I've been praying that scripture for almost 20 years for a sibling. And can I tell you, this sibling, I text them, I don't know, probably 20 times a year. Man, love you, thinking about you and they do not respond at all. Happy birthday, I love you, all that stuff. Right about the time my grandson was born, it was just on my heart to send my sibling a text, and I said, I just want you to know I love you, and and there's been an addition to the family. And I got a text back, 20 years. Some of you have been praying for 20 years. Don't give up. Don't give up. It's part of his plan to bring unity to your family. Then our second P would be God's purpose. Ephesians 2.10 says that you are God's workmanship. Uh, Other translations say the work of his works. Um, Another translation says his masterpiece, which is really the right the the right word to use for it. It's the Greek word poema, P-O-E-I-M-A, which we get our word poem from. And it means that you're a masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. You are not a scribble doodle on a napkin that he had second thoughts about and pitched in a trash can. You are his masterpiece. And you have purpose. He's got a plan for your life and that's why you have purpose. He created this big plan and then he inserted you in it and gave you purpose. He designed you that way. And it says that part of that that purpose is to do good works. You got a family member that's not doing good works? There's your prayer. Lord, man, I, I know my uncle knows you, but man, he's not doing good works. He's getting off into some stuff he shouldn't. But I thank you that he's your masterpiece and you created him for good works and you placed those things in time for him to accomplish them. Let it be so in Jesus' name. You can pray out that purpose. Look at Psalm 139, 16. Your eyes saw my unformed body and all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. You know that God actually calculated every single variable of your life before he ever said, let there be light. He ordained every single one of your breaths that you take. It may not look good right now in the natural. Maybe there's some stuff going on in your family. You can pray this out over your family. Lord, I thank you that it's ordained by you. You've got a plan for this and a purpose and you're bringing unity into it. In Jesus' name, it's his word. 
then let's look at uh, part of that purpose. Uh, John 17, four. I've brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. That's Jesus. That's all of our purpose, by the way, is to bring him glory while we're on the earth. It's to bring him glory while we're on the earth. That word glory is a powerful word that, that sometimes gets overlooked in our lives. That word glory means that, that in and through us and what we do, that individuals might actually see who our God is. There's a lot of misperceptions out there about who our God is. But if we'll show them his glory, they'll see him for who he really is and they'll become part of the family. Maybe then they'll be more surrendered to his will when they realize he's a good father and that he loves them. And that's all of our purpose. Mm. Isaiah 43, seven. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory. You see that? That's part of your purpose. It's part of your family's purpose is to bring God glory. Uh, I got to tell you, one of my kiddos went through an interesting phase in life where, man, prayer was much needed. And it didn't, it, in the natural it didn't look like a whole lot of glory was being brought to God. Can I say it that way? That was my prayer. Father, that one's going to bring you glory. That one's going to bring you glory. I will pray it till I see it. I'm not giving up on it. It's your plan and purpose. It's your plan and purpose. He'll bring you glory. I will tell you that he is in a Muslim country. And he is now facing some heat because he told some of them that he's a believer, that Jesus Christ is his Lord and Savior. And then in, the, and in that same passage of scripture in John 17, uh, down in verse 23, this is purpose again. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. That's your purpose, to show the world that God loves them. Sometimes we get so caught up in the nuts and the bolts and the mechanics of it. I was just meeting with an individual the other day and job offer came up and there was another job and oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. We've all been there. I was like, man, I'd be high-fiving somebody. You got people fighting for you. I'm just saying, that's pretty good. And he said, well, I'm not hearing anything. I said, well, then take whichever one you want. (laughs) It's real simple. Just step into it and bring God some glory in it. You might be there six days, six months, six years. I don't know. Step into it. Bring him glory. That's your purpose here on this planet. Some people might get saved because you took that job. Just pick one. It'll be all right. God can redeem it. It's not a problem. And then lastly, God's protection. God's protection for your family. In that same passage of scripture in John 17, 11 through 15, Uh, There are three places in it. Uh, Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name. Jesus is praying protection over us. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe. It's his heart to protect us. That's his heart. His heart for your family is to keep them safe. And then my prayer is not that you take them out of the world. This is verse 15. Man, y'all are shifting good in the booth. Thank you, guys. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. You can pray that for your family. No matter what it looks like, Father, I thank you 
(laughs) You're protecting my sons, my daughters, my wife, my grandkids, my uncles, my aunts, my mom and dad from the evil one because it's, it's part of his package deal for us. And then if you look at Isaiah 54, 17, it says no weapon formed against you will prevail. It doesn't say that no weapon will be formed against you. It says that none of them that are formed will be successful. <laughs> There's gonna be weapons formed because look, I'll just tell you straight up, the devil hates your guts, hates them. Isn't it good that our God is bigger? Isn't it good that we can pray out for our family that no weapon formed against us will prosper? And then Psalm 91, I'm gonna tell you right now, if you have no scriptures to stand on until you build your arsenal of prayers for protection for your family, you eat Psalm 91. You read it, you meditate on it, you put it in you until you're blue in the face, until if you get cut, something from Psalms 91 pops out of your mouth. Because this is a powerful passage of scripture for protection for God's children. It actually says that when you make the Lord your refuge, in other words, when he's your daddy, and you've got relationship with him, that he will, <laughs> he will actually dispatch the guardianship of the angels to keep you from even bumping your foot against a stone. Don't think I'm not praying that every day for my kids and my wife, every day. I'll tell you how I do my day. Every morning I wake up and I say, Lord, I thank you. You are our refuge. And man, I may not be able to see them, but the angels are surrounding my wife, my kids. It doesn't matter if they're in another country or right here at home. They are surrounded because you are their refuge. And I thank you that no evil will overtake them. It won't befall them. No deadly disease is on them because you said so, Father God. And I thank you for it in the name of Jesus. And that with long life, you'll satisfy them. That's your promise for protection. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And then when my head hits the pillow at night, I said, Daddy, thank you that they were protected today. And we're gonna pray it again in the morning because my heart's connected to it. So now let me give you six things that can block or hinder prayer. I know, why six? Why couldn't it have been three? (laughs) Sorry. It's because it's how I saw the word. It just is what it is. The first one would be rebellion. Rebellion. Ouch, I know, right? Proverbs 28, 9. If anyone turns a deaf ear to my instruction, even their prayers are detestable. That was pretty self-explanatory. If you know that you're choosing to live a lifestyle apart from God's perfect plan and will for your life, if you're choosing to not do what he's asked you to do, you're in rebellion. I didn't say it. And that will probably create some problems for your prayer life. Selfishness. James 4, 3, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. If your prayer life is selfish, it's all about me, gimme, 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 my name is Jimmy, that you're gonna have some problems with your prayer life. Look, I, I could have been going to the Lord for 20 years praying that God fix my sibling. We need to fix them. I don't know what your problem is. Man, they are messed up. No, 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 I've been praying. Lord, we need unity in our family. It's your plan and it's your purpose. Man, if I've done something, show it to me. Show it to me. Let hidden things be revealed. I want your will in this, which is unity. He's answering prayer. That's what he does. Can't be selfish. And unforgiveness, Mark eleven twenty five. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Look, 
Unforgiveness is a big deal. Unforgiveness is a big deal. The very fact that you can say God is your father is because Jesus was willing to forgive the very people that nailed him to a cross. And, and I'm going to tell you, I'm not smart enough to understand how all this works in the heavenly realms, but here's what I know. If I allow unforgiveness in my heart, scripture says that when I pray, for some reason there's still a stain of my sin. I don't get it. I don't understand it. But I need that stain of sin removed because Jesus paying my price and removing my sin is what gave me the availability to, be, to go into the throne room of the Father. He removed my sin. So we don't want unforgiveness in there because it might slow some things down for you. Unbelief. Oh, no, sorry. Ha <laughs> ha, lifestyle of sin. A lifestyle of sin would be the next one. Psalm 66, 18. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Look, I'm not saying that, that you have to be perfect and not sin. I'm talking about a lifestyle of sin. Look, I get it. You get on the highway on I-35 and you hit Austin at 515 and some pleasant discussion goes on in your car with your spouse who took a little longer to look pretty. I, I appreciate that. There's going to be some sin that probably happens in that moment. Heck, if I get stuck in traffic by myself, there might be some sin that happens in that moment. I'm just going to be honest with you. That's not what I'm talking about. I can make that right with God. I just go, man, Lord, I'm sorry. I, forgive me. I lost my temper because that other son of yours doesn't know how to drive in front of me. <laughs> but Jesus, forgive him like you forgave me. I, um, <laughs> I'm talking about a lifestyle of sin where we choose to stay in the middle of our sin in spite of grace. We wake up and go, I'm going to heaven. I got my ticket. I'm going to go live like the devil. That's different. And then it would be unbelief, James 1, 6 through 7. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. And that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. If you're going to him with doubt in your heart, first of all, there shouldn't be any doubt if you know it's his will, okay? I don't have any doubt. When I go to the Lord and I pray for healing, I know it's his will to heal people. And it's not my job to heal him. It's my job to believe him. If you're praying for your family, it's your job to believe for them. You can believe for protection for your family. We saw it in his word. That unbelief thing can get interesting. First uh, John 5, 14 and 15 says that, that we have this confidence that if we go to him, that whatever we pray in accordance with his will, we have it. There's no reason to take unbelief into your prayer closet. You don't have to. It'll hinder your prayers. This last one's a big one. If you're a man and you're married, going to get married, thinking about marriage, any of that good stuff right there, this one's for you. Mistreating our wife. 1 Peter 3, 7. This is actually in the Bible, y'all. You should check it out, man. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. That word honor means to place very high value on. And your, your lip service, that, that ain't high value. Trust me, you can look at a woman and tell if she feels like her husband thinks she's valuable. You can see it in her eyes. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. That word weaker, 
Man, sometimes that thing can get messed up when we think it means this and that and the other. Here's what it means. It means that Pastor John Hillard, he can bench press 350. His wife might not be able to. That's all that word means. That's literally all that it means. It just means that you're physically stronger. Most of you. I'm just saying. <laughs> Sorry. But she, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. See, back then, women were property. What a horrible thing. And so God put in his scripture, don't you treat my daughter like she's property. You treat her like she's your equal partner. That's my baby girl. When you mess with his daughter, just saying, treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. Remember the prayers and about checking boxes. It's a relationship thing. I don't don't get up in the morning and okay I'm going to pray for my wife my kids my grandkids my neighbor my uncle okay I got it all done I checked the boxes I'm done no 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 prayer is about relationship go spend some time with him if you're checking boxes it's real hard for your heart to be connected because you're trying to get to the end of the process just spend some time with him I'll give you two things real quick these are relationship builders to help you as you pray for, for your family or anyone else. The first one is to develop a lifestyle of prayer. That is a relationship builder. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 explains in verse 17, that's a mouthful, pray continually. Pray continually. And then it ends with, this is God's will for you. When you spend time in prayer with him, you get to know him. And then you begin to go, oh man, that is okay. I see how good you are. It develops relationship. And then the, the other thing that we can do to help with all that is spend time in the scripture. Spend time in the scripture. This is God's will. He gave us over 700,000 of his words. I can't tell you how many times I meet with somebody and they go, I just need a word from God. I'm like, did you? I'm just... Which one did you want? <laughs> Depending on the translation, some have up to 800,000 words. There's a whole bunch of them. Well, yeah, but I didn't even speak to me. Well, open the Bible. Get his will. <laughs> it's real simple. Second Peter 1, 3 through 4 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. And through these, his glory and goodness, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you, mar- you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Get in this thing. You'll find his promises for you. You'll understand his will, and you'll get to participate in the divine nature and escape corruption. That's a powerful thing, and all of that is used when you pray for your family. But all of this starts... With that very first point at the very beginning, which was God has to be your father. That's where it starts. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas. Or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.